Understanding the phases of relationships when you first meet someone can be a game changer. So grab your coffee, find a cozy spot, and get ready for a captivating episode as we explore the phases of relationships and the red flags you need to watch out for. We will even share some personal stories of things in our relationship that we have never talked about. Whether you're single, in a budding romance, or in a long-term commitment, this episode is packed with wisdom that will have you thinking about your own relationship. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode. And we're back. Candidly with coffee. By, By the time to listen to this, it's our favorite day of the week. It's Friday already? Already. Why can't I never remember? I know. Come on, catch up. You should know this. <laughs> I just never. It's their, their favorite time of the week, too. It's the end of the week. Oh, I just realized that this All is. All right. So before we get too far into it, you know the drill. We have to do some housekeeping, which means I was looking at the statistics and 50% of the people that watch our show regularly do not subscribe. Are you serious? Yeah, they're not subscribed. They just, because what happens on YouTube is the algorithm feeds you what you watch. Yeah. So you don't have to subscribe. It'll just feed you the new episodes. Come on, you guys. So, you, so you, hit the subscribe button. Come you guys. on, y'all. You got to support, man. Now, come on, man. So subscribe yes. and follow us on Instagram, candidly underscore with coffee. Share an episode. If you if an episode resonates with you, we would appreciate it if you shared it. Yes. That would be nice. Please. And comment, of course, because we love to interact with you guys in the comments. And then leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. We'd really appreciate it. Yes, we do. We love you. And so before we get too far into this, I wanted to give Mr. Escobar here a shout out because he's got like his own show over on his own channel. And I will be guest appearing on that channel occasionally. And this one right here is Intimacy Issues. We discuss intimacy issues over on his channel. His channel is more like we're talking to the men. And yep. here on this channel, we're talking to the women. So to it's the, like different perspectives. Yes, it is. Do you have anything to say about your channel, like what it is? And My channel is mindset, fitness, just like leveling men up, man, waking them up, becoming men again. You know what I'm saying? And also a big thing that I preach to you guys is mental health. Very important. A lot of yeah. tab, it's very taboo in the man kingdom because a lot of men don't want to feel insecure. They don't want to feel like they don't want their person who they're with to feel some type of way about them, feel less than a man. Men mm-hmm. are very, they have this pride and this ego, this macho, and they don't mm-hmm. want to feel less than a man, so they're afraid to divulge their feelings. Because growing up in my community, my culture, Latinas, we're not supposed to divulge that kind of stuff. You're not supposed to right. cry. I was always told, my own father said, don't cry, it's for girls, but that ain't true. Yeah, Crying's a good emotion. It's good to let that out. It's yeah. good to talk about your feelings because when you get to that dark side and you don't tell nobody, you're going to cross over. You could have you told somebody and they could have saved you. So it's important to talk That's about that. That's true, actually. Yeah. One conversation can save you. One conversation can save you. Huh? I've had some deep conversations with some people recently who are like, all right, man. What's crazy is you will never know, no. but maybe you've already saved people. Maybe, huh? You know what I mean? The one conversation you had or maybe that one episode they listened to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, I got a lot of comments one time when I did a mental health episode a long time ago. Yeah. And people were like, damn, this is deep. I like that. Help people out. Because a lot of guys are going through shit and they're afraid to talk. They don't know mm-hmm. who to talk to. Mm-hmm. They won't even talk to their own wife. I didn't even talk to you. Mm-hmm. Prime example. True. Very true. 
So yeah, you guys head over to, I will link it up here on the screen, but head over to that channel or recommend it to your husbands, your boyfriends, because we are going to be getting into it over there on that Muscle cars too over there. Yeah. They love muscle cars, man. I'm your guy. I'm a muscle car head. All right. Next up is just a reminder that we will be live on January 26th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Pacific time. So what that means is if you are on the East Coast, it's 8 p.m. 8 p.m. I had some people who were last time they were inquiring like, hey, where are you guys? I'm looking for you. And it was two o'clock. Yeah. I'm like, no, no 5 p.m. Pacific. Pacific. We're in California. And Texas, I believe, is two hours ahead of us. I'm not sure. I don't know about this. I only know Central East and time. West. I don't know Central yeah. Time I, because I get confused with the daylight savings. Some yes. states do it. Some don't. Yes. So sometimes Arizona's off by us by an hour. Yep. Yep. I just get confused. Florida's three hours ahead of us too, by the way. So Floridians, you guys are East Coast time. Yeah. So for Coast. you guys, it'll be eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. So anyways, but don't forget to tune into that because we have a lot of fun. It's And get ready with your questions because we just answer questions and yeah. it's a fun it's a fun time we'll be celebrating our birthdays because it's right yeah smack dab in That's between right. we have dinner plans after mine's would have already have passed yours is actually yours is going to be the next day two days two days two after. days yeah mine is sunday but i'm thinking about where we're going yeah we're going to celebrate it saturday and then we're also celebrating i'm going to be out of the house for three nights in a row you guys this is a record it's a record thursday night i'm going to the two t's in a pod live podcast in san francisco with That's lorena cool. Which is going to be cool. I love the housewives. You guys know this. And then Friday night we have the live and then we're going to go out to dinner after that. Lisa's going to join us. And then Saturday we have dinner plans also. So it's just an eventful few days. Yes, it is. Busy. Yeah. All right. So I I came across this photo and I had to share it because it's good to remember how far you've come. Right. You guys, this is us doing an episode of Kennedy with Coffee a few years back. We're crouched over a little table with plastic chairs, plastic chairs, with funky mics. And you still got those same slippers, <laughs> those chanclas of yours, <laughs> your cheetah print. My leopard slippers. Yeah. And I still have the same robe. I was just wearing that robe, actually. It's Damn, my skims robe. Look at that. But that, yeah. That was in the back of the gym. Yeah, that was in our gym. And we've come a long way. So it's important to stop and have gratitude for that. Yes, it is. It's good to reflect back. Yeah. We weren't even on YouTube there. We were just filming the, we were recording the audio. We were not on YouTube at that point. I know. Look at that fat head and neck on me. Yeah. Your neck was big. Why does your neck look so big? I don't know. It looks like I almost have no neck, huh? (laughs) And I don't have a thick neck. No. Why does your neck look so huge? I don't know. What is my head? And you're holding coffee, of course, very on brand. Look but at that. yeah, I thought I would share that. And today's a very happy day. So I would wanted to share this with you guys. Mega Fit Meals comes today. Ooh. I really feel like I didn't realize how much I loved them until I didn't get an order last week because I got so busy that I didn't order and I didn't have Mega Fit Meals and I'm really missing it. I know they come in handy, especially they, when we're busy on the go and we don't have time or we just tired, you don't feel like cooking. You guys, if you're on a journey, if you are on a journey and tracking macros, Mega Fit Meals is a meal prep service that has been a game changer for me, yeah. honestly, because the, the food is delicious. It's high volume, high volume large meals, which yes. I love. Filling. And so basically I get my order in, I set them all up in my tracker app with the macros and then I just plug and play and I don't have to think. The app that we use also stores it and saves it. So a lot of times it's already in there. No, that's what I'm saying. I save it though as a custom food 
you save it in there with all the macros and you just have all your mega fit meals in there and you just plug and play literally. Easy. It's the best. And so I am very excited that we're getting our delivery today. And what did I tell you yesterday? I was dead tired, but still, I still made us our burgers. But imagine people who are not disciplined. That's when they mess macros, up. Especially when they're hungry. Yeah. They're like, they, it's an internal battle. F this. I'm just going to go to the drive-thru. I'm just no, going to eat exactly. this because they're, they're hungry. Yeah. And they're impatient. They don't yeah. want to go home and spend 10, 15 minutes cooking or 20, whatever it takes. And the cool thing is it's not a subscription. Just order, like order a 16-pack a, a or a 12-pack and put it in your freezer to have for those days that you're tired, you're yes. busy or whatever, yes. and you just heat, heat it and eat it. It's just really good. So I'm really happy because I, I'm working with them. So they are, I am an affiliate for them. I reached out to them after I fell in love with them. It wasn't the other way around. And if you use my link, that does support me. So I appreciate that. And let's be honest, boredom, you get bored. So guess what? It's nice to eat somebody else's meals. Yeah. You get bored because you're eating the same stuff over and over. Because I'm not cooking it. It tastes like, that's why I, I'm, I'm so in, obsessed with your hamburgers because I don't cook it for one. But you have mastered I've never liked the 93% lean meat because to me it's very dry. Yeah. But the way you make it perfectly medium, medium Medium. rare-ish. Three minutes on each side on that pan, I nailed it. The Good and Gather 93% from Target lean from Target. It. I don't need. I don't need fast food. I heat you guys for three minutes on each side. That's it. It's all I blast a little olive oil. So what number on the stove? I do number nine. Number nine. Yeah. I think that's the key. Number nine. I go number nine, and then when I flip it, I go back down to six because I want to get it grilled, yeah. that little burnt mark on it. Yeah. Because oh. it doesn't have grills, obviously. It's just flat pan, but still. That's okay. So I do number six when I flip it the other three minutes. Yeah. So it doesn't overcook it. It's to giving you my Giving you my formula, you guys. Yeah, you guys need it. You guys need it. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm eating outside when I eat those burgers and the homemade fries and the air fryer. So good. All right, moving on. It's a hold my coffee. We haven't had one in a oh, while. Wow. And this one comes to us from a listener. Now, she's a listener, a, 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 a friend of the show. Let's call it friend of show, Phoebe Lee. She watches my YouTube channel. She comments frequently. And I'm not surprised to have her appear on my Hold My Coffee segment because she's even admitted that she has trollish behavior at times. Oh, Phoebe. She has admitted that. So it's funny. This is not, like I said, Hold My Coffee, you guys, is not meant to... It's meant to be all in fun many times, unless it yeah. is like a, a hardcore troll. But I had to point this out because I have other people who comment on this are sometimes, or they're curious about the dogs. And she commented, wait, while you were at Target, you made a comment that you wanted to get a toy for your dog. Do you not consider your husband's dogs your dogs and vice versa? And... I felt like, for one, I replied to her saying, you're reading way too into that. <laughs> because, way too into that. Yeah, like I was basically saying, oh, you got a toy for Pablo, the yes. Frenchie. And I thought, yes. oh, maybe I should get a toy for mine. Yeah. Meaning the littles, because they have to have different toys because they're different dogs, right? Yes. And we're very cautious in our household because we have five dogs, all different sizes, and we have to be cautious with toys, with playtime, with food time yep. to avoid conflict and issues. And we have five dogs, but we do have an interesting dynamic with the dogs because my son is an adult. He's 26 years old. He has his own dog, but I still consider it one of our dogs. Of course. It's Apollo. That's the boxer. Yes. But that's his primary, he's the primary responsibility. Dogs tend to 
they have one main person. Yes, they do. So when I say my dog or your dog, it's because Pablo, you're the main. He's with me all the time. For Pablo and Rocky, which are the two Frenchies. Tyler is the main owner for Apollo, and I'm the main owner for my littles, but they are all of our dogs. They live yes. in under our roof, inside our home, <laughs> and yes. they run the show. I have blankets everywhere, and they've taken over. So rest assured, these dogs are treated like royalty. Royalty. And you shouldn't read too much into it, but I, no. I, had, to, I had to point that they're out. Spo- Man, they're so spoiled. <laughs> Yeah. They, don't, they don't ever go hungry. They're living in a warm house. They live in warm beds. They got it made. And we have an interesting dynamic where we work from home. So yep. we don't, it's like we don't leave the house and are gone all day and then come home and greet the dogs for a little bit, then go about our business. When you go to work and do your things, you yes. take your dogs. I take Pablo with me. And I take my littles wherever, usually wherever I am, they're with me. And a Tyler takes Apollo with him when he he's running errands. Yeah. yeah, our dogs are spoiled. We've had I've had other people comment on, oh, are you do you keep your dogs in the crates all the time? No. No. They're like babies. Think about babies, right? What do you use cribs for babies? Safety. You have, and, to, you have and the, to leave them in there when we're gone. And you create a comfortable, safe environment for your baby to take naps yes. or to put down if you need to go do something and you want to keep your baby safe. Yes. It's no different with dogs. In fact, that I think that's a lot where people mess up with dogs is they don't treat it like a child because that's what they are. They're like children. It's our responsibility to keep them safe. Yes. Keep them out of conflict, protect them from themselves. Yes. Very similar. Just like the breeder told you, number one rule, when she's out of your sight or you can't tend her, in the crate. In the crate, people. If you cannot watch your dog or you're busy, you're cooking, doing laundry, doing something, and you can't keep your eyes on your dog, in the crate. That's fine. People have this thing. They're locked up in prison. It's not a prison. No, and our dogs actually, they run to the crate all the time. Phoebe loves a crate. Yeah. She loves it. And I have cozy blankets in there. Exactly. I find her in the crate with the door open all the time. She's sitting there waiting for a treat or something. Where do dogs live in the wild? Where do wolves live? In dens. So they're used to that. So their nature to be in. They like to be. It's just babies. Like when you first bring home a newborn, they actually don't like the big old crib. They like a bassinet because they want to feel in a cocoon. Because you got to right. think when they were in the womb, they were in a tight quarters. They actually right. feel more secure, more comfortable, and you wrap them up really tight, and they they do better. Gotcha. So puppies are very similar. They mm-hmm. all crowd. They sleep together on top of each other. It's and, instinct. It's all yeah. animal instinct. Anyways, that is the that is the that's answer. That's the hold my coffee. Don't worry. They're all my dogs, and yes. they are treated very well. Very well. All right. Moving on. Comment corner. Let's see. First one comes to us from Lamb Chop 44. My 80-year-old stepdad still makes my mom give it up fairly regularly and doesn't use Viagra. I'm 50 and I don't need pills. Quite the opposite. Not every man experiences these things the same. That is true. That's true. We're not, not all built the same. Yeah. We say the same thing. Yeah. Not every man yeah. experiences uh, libido issues or nope. frequency issues or whatever. Everybody is very different. Just all women experience different symptoms in menopause or whatever. Yes. So that is true. There's some, so women I thought that lose, I would, there's some women that lose their drive in their 40s and there's some women that their drive is 100 plus in their 40s. Because I know someone whose dad, like... He's almost, he's in his late seventies and he wants it every day. That's insane. He cha- he I, gets mad. I thought we're supposed to retire by a certain age. I never think no. about old people being able to do that anymore. No, they thought the juice, the game is over. So the game is not over. Damn. You got to keep going, baby. Well, I work out, I train, so I stay fit and healthy. Yeah, you got to keep it going. But I get, but some people 
have a different sex drive than others. Yes, I think do. that is, that's normal. So I, I acknowledge that comment. Very- I wanted to share that comment. This one comes to us from Mrs. Sam's dash OSE. I just found you, Janine. 2024 is my year. Just turned 40 and I absolutely feel everything you talk about. This is the first podcast with the both of you and I love y'all. The humor and banter reminds me of my husband and I. Thank you. Hey. Thank you so much. Thank you for that. And we've had banter today, let me tell you. I've had yep. a little bit of a rough... <laughs> I'm ready to throw these headphones and walk out of here, to be honest, if I'm being truthful. Why? Because you're getting me turned up. Why? What do you think? Why? Move this. Adjust that. Sit there. Diva this. Diva that. Like, I'm just trying to be comfortable. We're in a studio now. I don't want to be comfortable. We're in a big table. I want to be comfortable. You guys... We're uncomfortable for so long. Now I want to be comfortable. He is a diva. I have something in between my legs. I want to be comfortable. You don't have. You have something in between your legs. Yes. What? What do you think? Man parts. I don't want to be oh. touching that. You said scoot in closer. No. Sweetheart, I thought you meant there was the like the leg was in between your legs. Okay. Anyways, he gets mad when I try to shift him when I'm setting up the cameras. There, there's the banter. Moving <laughs> well. on to Carlin L- Laramie. I think Larsa is full of it. Five times, come on. I was born at night, but not last night. I love that you you guys discuss all the kinds of things, and that is why this is my favorite show on YouTube. She's capping. She's Listen, lying. we've had so many comments on this, tons, okay, because on the short and on the YouTube channel. I'm not saying that it is impossible to do it five times in a night. My whole point was that it is not realistic, nor do I believe that she is actually doing it five times a night, every night, because that's what she says. Yes. Five times a night, every night, because yes, do I think it's possible in a crazy alcohol fueled Vegas weekend that you have five sex five in five times in a night? Yeah, it's possible. I guess. Like some crazy night, right? some drugs in there. But not, it's not feasible that it's, and nor would it be like an uh, anatomically tolerable for more, for doing that day after day after day. For you guys. It's, have you ever heard of, have you like porn, like the, the girl has to get like, she has to have ice and all kinds of stuff sometimes when they, they have those crazy, I've heard like yes. a documentary on porn stars before Yes, where they get swollen, they get bruised and it's very painful. It's literally painful and trauma on your vagina. Of course. <laughs> Larsa has- but, look, but look, let me talk about this real quick before we move on. Five times a night. She likes to say outlandish shit for likes, clickbait, whatever. She said she was doing this with Scotty four times a night. Scotty Pippen, her ex-husband, was a professional basketball player. Played alongside Michael Jordan. They won six titles. Let me tell you something. Don't no NBA player have fucking time and energy to be doing sex, having sex four times a night when they got to train every day hella hard to have games every day. Come on. You don't think this man comes home tired after an NBA game? They're running up and down that court hard. He has the energy every night and on top of training every morning? Like multiple times? Come maybe on. one. Re- really, Larsa? Really? You just, yeah. And then she tries to one-up and say, fuck it. But you know what? It's here. funny because I feel like some men who commented on the video, it's like they wanted to like prove it. They would like tag their girlfriend. Oh, tell them they don't know or whatever. Like they were, it was like an ego thing. No, it's, stop it. goes it. back to- These dudes, man. Yeah, like an ego thing. It's yeah. that's not, first of all, you shouldn't have to do it that many times. We don't have five loads in us. Once should be- Enough if it's done correctly yes. and done well. Yes. 
Yep. It's quality, not quantity. There you go. That part. Yeah. It's just like when young guys go, oh, I pounded her. That's yeah. That's not enjoyable, you dummy. Yeah. No, the big okay. one I smashed that. Yeah. Shut up. It's dumb. It's trying anyway. to sound cool. You ain't cool. Be quiet. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get too into too far details, but there, yeah. it's just the point of the video, the point of us talking about it was I just thought it was not true that it was five times a night every night. No. Because that is Every just night. Ridiculous. Yeah, stop it. 365 days. She's just exaggerating capping. She's, I feel like it's an she, ego thing because she said that about Scotty. And so now she's with him. And so like to pump up his, to fluff his ego, yes. like Marcus Jordan, make yes. him not feel so. Michael Jordan's She came son. out and said that. Yeah. So anyways. All right. Moving on to Andrea Lawrence, 2348. She says, I loved this episode. My partner is turning 40 this year and I'm there in a year and a half. I've already been through so much mentally over the past six years. We've been together and I can only imagine menopause will be a whole other challenge. We suck at communicating, but are getting better. I think the sex talk is definitely important. We do talk about this subject because neither of us wants to the other to feel like we are cheating or undesiring the other. It's important to get ahead of these topics before they become big deals. I can definitely see changes in his libido already, and I try to encourage him to exercise, but he won't. I encourage him to see a doctor also, but he has yet to do this. Mike, how can I encourage him to see a doctor without seeming pushy? That is a good question. Without seeming pushy. Oh, man. First of all, make sure that you go. Yes. Got to lead by example. Yeah. Sometimes a woman has to take the lead. Yeah. And you just try to be a, how do you get a man to go to the doctor? How did you get me to go to the doctor? I'm trying to think. I made appointments for both of us. There you go. Maybe you know you what I mean? Just, I took, I said, hey, like we need to get and just make sure our health get, is in order. Yes, we're getting older. Yeah. So I'm going to make us appointments. And we both did everything. We both did colonoscopies. Yes. We both did full checkups. We both did full blood work. And you made me get back on blood pressure meds yeah. because it's a friend's of my family history. And maybe find out like what runs in his family history and just talk to him about it. Hey, babe, we don't want to wait till it's too late. We don't want to get caught with our pants down if you get a stroke. Because I lost a cousin at 40 years old, you guys, like that. Took her out, stroke. My father had him at 58. So you have to know. I think that's a good approach would be to identify, is there any family history of anything? Yep. Because then you can lead with that. Hey. Yes. There's a family history of this. What and usually there's something diabetes yes. or heart, heart, heart disease. Related. Yes, and coming into your forties, that's a lot of guys get caught slipping, have heart attacks. They think yeah. they're invincible, but I've had a few friends have heart attacks in their forties. A lot of times, you can use a media story to break the ice. There's a young girl, an influencer who just passed away. They think, suspect heart attack. She's a, a Brazilian influencer. Wow, thirty-five years old. Wow, and What's, so you can use. What was the history behind that? Does anyone know? Just no. They're assume. They, I guess it's being reported that it was a heart attack. Damn. But I'm just saying See? you can use a story to start the conversation. Yeah. And then make sure that you're getting checked as well, and maybe you guys can do it together. Yes. I think that helps, but it is touchy. It is. I had a hard time getting you to get back on your blood pressure medication. It's a lot of pride with me, and I'll tell you why. It's not so much that. It's just I, I hate, I'm not a big into the medical industry. I, I'm all about health myself, working out, eating good, training hard. But unfortunately, I inherited something I didn't ask for, and it runs in my family history. So I'm aware of that. So you have to make him aware of that. Make sure to, babe, don't get caught slipping. Some of us get caught slipping. Like you said, that Brazilian influencer, 35 years old, got caught slipping, heart attack, came out of nowhere. That happens a lot. 
out of nowhere. People, like I said, it caught, it caught all of us off guard. My cousin got that stroke at 40 years old, and she was in the hospital and everything, didn't make it. It took her in one foul swoop. And my father, being older, 58 years old, it almost got him, but somehow that man's strong, man. He's a fighter, and he fought back, and but he's never been the same, but he survived. You know? Yeah, so I would say just lead by example and maybe use a media story to yeah. push the issue and exactly. just be your spouse better than anybody so yeah. you know how to approach them, how to get them to do things that they don't want to do and just I hopefully you can get him to do something because that's the most important thing is to at least once you get the results back, then it opens up the whole other can of worms in yes. terms of what are your options, TRT and things like that. Yes, so. yeah, get your blood work done, get Good, it moving too. Best of luck to you on that one. All right, so let's get into relationships and red flags and all of that. And I thought that this would be a good opportunity to bring up this hot coffee topic, which is the OnlyFans murder trial that's underway about the OnlyFans model that viciously stabbed her boyfriend. And she's on, on trial for that right now. She's pleading not guilty. Of course she is. And there, the trial is going on. So I'm, I've been watching like a lot of little clips and stuff on this video. If you're not familiar with this story, she brutally stabbed him to death. Yes. And in the trial, they're bringing up all these videos of them in the past and over the course of their relationship yep. where they were very volatile. She was yes. very volatile, always the aggressor in these videos. There was an elevator altercation where she literally punched him. Yep. In the elevator. Another um, altercation in a hotel lobby, which she just kept continually charging him, whatever. So it definitely is establishing a pattern yes. with her. They are just, some couples just have that really like volatile relationship and they keep coming back for more. It's almost like passion. I never allowed that, a woman to do that to me. Not at once. Once you let someone do that to you, cross that line, they'll do it over and over. That's a no. Yeah, I just... We know couples that like they thrive on that kind of relationship. Yeah, though. they do. It's like they get it's off like on they it. They like it. Yes, it's we do. Weird. We know a certain couple. Yes, we 100%. do. I do we not. Do. No, I do not like any no. kind of trauma or turmoil or what. No. I don't like fighting. I don't like arguing. So that thing would be an absolute no for me. But it just goes to show you that the red flags were there with this particular relationship, and sadly, now and obviously she's pleading innocent and she's innocent till proven guilty but my opinion is that she's absolutely guilty that's yes, my opinion mine too come on and she's saying that she threw the knife at him threw it that she threw the knife but he has multiple stab wounds and one of them is like a plunge in like three inches into his chest that was the one that that actually killed him was the cause of death and they're literally having a demo in court of throwing a knife thrower a professional knife a thrower who does it Throwing and using a pig carcass yes. to prove that she could have thrown that knife. Okay, but why is there multiple stab wounds? And, and he's a professional knife thrower. A professional who has thousands of reps and hours under his belt yeah. that has mastered this. Stop it. Nice She's going to get lucky on the first one. And yeah, come Stop. on. Yeah, anyways. But that whole topic just brought me to just relationships in general. And I just like to look up statistics because I think it's interesting. You and your statistics, man. Yeah. Um, it, did you know that the average age of marriage in the U.S. has gone up? That's a good thing. People are getting married older now. Good. The Smarter. average age of That's people smart. getting married has increased as people are choosing to take that step later in life. It's now 30 for men and 28 for women. It used to be, Dude, you know, 20. How old were you? 
with my first marriage, I was 21. And he was? No, I was 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were both 20. 20. 20. Kids don't even know nothing about nothing yet. 20. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, but I also wanted to look up some other statistics, age gap statistics, and the ability to the preserve the to make it based on age gaps. So eight percent, eight percent of married straight couples have an age gap of ten years. Only one percent of that ten percent is the woman is older than the man. Really? So eight percent of couples, there's a ten year age gap, but it's mostly the man is older than the woman. Okay. Couples that have a 20-year age gap or more are 95% more likely to end in divorce. Wow. So if you have a 20-year age gap, the chances are very badly stacked against you. It's because people the people evolve. evolve. People change. And they're very different. Two, that's like we know two someone, decades. Yeah, we know someone who's in that age gap. Not married, but still. Yeah. Married. That's wow. crazy. Couples that have a five-year age gap are more likely to divorce than are eighteen percent more likely to divorce with a five-year or more age gap. So basically, the closer you are in age, the higher the chances are that your marriage is going to survive. So, like a ten-year age gap, are thirty-nine more percent more likely to divorce. Damn. So something to keep in mind for these dudes out there who are wanting the young chicks, that's great and all, but it were 40% of marriages already end in divorce, but your percentage drastically increases the statistic, the possibility drastically increases. If you have an age gap of five years or more getting worse as it gets older, 10 years or more, 20 years or more. You said 40%, 40% right now, the current statistic, 40%. So I thought it's it was higher better. than that. It's gotten better than, I, yeah, I'm, it was way higher than that. I'm thinking that it probably correlates to the trend of getting married later. Yeah. So later marriages have a, it's improving the statistic of divorce right now, as of the end of 2023 in America, it was America. 40%. Wow. 2020 was horrible. Remember that? So experts say that a large age gap can affect certain things. Obviously, you have different values, different tastes in things like music, different reference points, culture, different approaches to sex. There's you know a lot I mean? that goes into it. Yeah, because if you think about it. It could even be political, religious views, because there's a lot of things that's me huge. and you align with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the statistic also depends on the age gap, because for the individuals that are aged between 18 and 29, Oh, the cheating. Sorry, let me back up a little bit. Cheating relationship stats. It might come as a, no surprise that 20% of men and 13% of women cheat in relationships. And the, this statistic also depends on the age gap because individuals that are aged between 18 and 29, women are more likely to cheat than men are in that age gap. Oh, That's wow. interesting. I wouldn't that have thought that. Me neither. Not mm -hmm. even close. And the most common right now, the most common cheating behaviors that are happening is online. I, for sure. 100%. There's no course. Yeah. So it includes falling in love with someone on the internet, revealing personal information to them, messaging, even a lot of times reconnecting with people from your past and exes is happening online because it's so much easier to do. When you it find is. comfort and familiarity in an ex and maybe the internet has made it easier to find them and reconnect. And so that's been increased. That's increased the cheating statistics as well. So 
the eight the day and age where we're at with the internet and stuff has increased cheating in relationships. Twenty percent. That's one in five. One in five men cheats. Damn. That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a I lot. I like this right there. Yeah. So we're gonna get into that for sure. So I have a quote on the screen. It says, it takes two to four years to completely get to know someone. Couples who wait this length before marriage are less likely to divorce. So you want to improve the statistics that are so stacked against you. Take your time, but not necessarily too much time. But there is like a, we've always said this. And when I did a little research for this episode, we're, our thoughts are in line with what professionals say as well. But the top reasons people divorce is not prioritizing their relationship, narcissism. That's one of the top reasons why people divorce. One one or both are narcissistic. Wow. And then infidelity and then unresolved arguments, so lack of communication. There was a survey done on couples and... It said what percent it was trying to determine what percentages of people who are in relationships. So they're not divorced, but are actually happy. Sixty four percent of Americans claim they are happy in their relationship. Fifty percent claim they are satisfied with their sex lives. So only one out of every two couples is satisfied with their sex life. That's where infidelity comes in. How do you improve this kind of stuff? For one get into the right relationship to begin with. Yes. I think the problem is people, so if you're single out there. Come on, Dr. Janine. I think the problem is people get into the wrong relationships and then that's why you're a statistic. That's why you're a divorce. That's why you're not happy in your in the bedroom. That's why all the other things happen because you're in the wrong relationship. What did we just say? We were leaving here one day after our workout talking. What made our relationship work? What is it that we have in common? The most important thing compatibility oh because we're compatible very compatible the way we live we're very clean people the way we're organized structured routine we both move fast we both move at the same speed right everything's like correlates it's crazy so the problem is this the problem is there's phases of of a relationship so when you first meet someone i want you guys to think about that like drunk like being drunk yes because you are under the spell of all of the hormones. It's like intoxicating. Yep. And that can last up to a year. That intoxication, that flood of dopamine, serotonin when you're with that person. Everything's brand new. You could call it, let's call it love goggles. Yes. You literally have love goggles. All the feel-good chemicals. This is the one. Plus, this is interesting. People don't really think about this. The fear of rejection comes into play. And what I mean by that is sometimes in a new relationship, you are so preoccupied with does they do they like me? Do they want me? Or am I making them happy because you're so afraid of rejection that you don't stop and ask yourself, wait a minute, do I like him? Yeah, true. Do I like, do I like what her? he's doing? Yeah. Do I like his attitude and the way he lives? Because you're, you're especially for Facts. people pleasers out there, if you're a people pleaser, maybe you have some child trauma with your parents or whatever, and you're a pleaser, you're so caught up in making sure they like you because you're so afraid of being rejected that you forget to pay attention to see if they're actually compatible with you and to see if you like them. That's Big a very one. good way of looking at it. I don't think yeah. people do that at no, all. They skip I don't. over that. We ignore and cannot see red flag behaviors during that intoxicating courting period of a relationship. And we also justify and forgive behaviors that we usually wouldn't. 
And that's true, right? If you we're dating barely and we have all those euphoric feelings and you come over and you leave the toilet seat up, I'm like not going to trip on it, right? Yeah. But if now, if you were to pee on the toilet seat or something, I'd come out and be like, babe, really? You peed on the toilet? You know what I mean? And vice versa. But you don't do that in the beginning. Why not? Why not? You still, it bothers you, but yeah. why don't you do it in the beginning? Because you're trying to be, create this like yes. fake facade or you let things go but those are the things that you let go in the beginning and ignore those are the things that are going to rear their ugly head down the road and you're not un, now you're not intoxicated anymore <laughs> and you're not going to ignore them. why is it that the outsiders always see the red flags but the person on the inside doesn't and the, uh, the outside person someone closest to that person is like dude the flags are everywhere are you blind or are you stupid because Which is they're it? under the influence of the love and infatuation think Jeez. about them like being drunk you literally are under the influence of those feel-good chemicals and you shouldn't make any permanent decisions when you're drunk, right? Yes, 100%. shouldn't get in the car. You shouldn't nope. sign a contract. Yes, never sign a contract right? when you're drunk, people. Remember, that's a good one. Do not sign a contract so, when you're drunk. So think about that like in relationships, okay? Yes. If you're in that one-year period, that infatuation period, you shouldn't be signing a lease. You shouldn't be getting married. No. You shouldn't be making a purchase together. Nope. You shouldn't be doing any of those things. Nothing. During... When you're intoxicated, I no. want you to think about it like that. Would I do this if I was drunk? Then I better not do it now. Just take some time. Everybody's It'll in save hurry. you in, in the uh, in the long run. So the next phase is part two. So this is, I actually think these phases for me personally goes in line with years. I think that courting is like a year, but it, the timeline could be off. But in my experience is courting is a year two is like things start to get real this is the year of building trust. So as you get to know each other more, you may be become disillusioned that the person we once held on a pedestal isn't measuring up to our expectations and assumptions. For others, this time of disillusionment can bring us closer to the person we're dating as we now see them in a more realistic light as well-rounded human beings. So you're no longer intoxicated. So now it boils down to, are you really compatible with this person? Yep. Do you like them in the light of day? Yes. The light of day after the club lights come on. When the, the goggles are off. Yes. Okay. All those red flags that you ignored, they're still there, but now you're not drunk. So your tolerance is gone. Mm -hmm. So now is when you really figure out if you're compatible because the the chemicals have calmed down and this is where your differences will arise, your communication styles, your your ability to recover from arguments, how you actually resolve conflict, all of these things come into play when you are when you're in this phase. Yeah, that's true. But that's crazy going back a little bit during the courting. I always, me personally, I always watch for red flags. I just knew. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was about mm -hmm. me. I knew I was different, but a lot of guys don't. I always did. As soon as I saw something I didn't like, I'm out. Yeah. And then, you know, I've admitted to you, like, I put you through a couple little tests just to see how you were. Yeah. Because a lot of girls, I'm not jealous. I'm confident. But they lie, little, get, get, get to know them a little, little, little more. Feelings come in. Bam. Their true feelings come on. Another, shows. Another thing that, uh, that you have to keep in mind when you are in that phase one is... Don't go by what people tell you. Nope. Go by their actions yep. and behavior. Yep. Because everybody's going to put their f best foot forward. Always. They're, they're not going to show the true colors. They're going to say all the things, right? They're going to the say, things. I'm this, I'm that. Yes. I'm so easygoing. Yep. I'm very da-da. Whatever. If you like football, oh, I love football. They're going to do all the things. I 
I definitely did not do that in our relationship, but I went into it with a lot of really good infer. I was, it's my second, I had already been married. I knew the mistake. I was trying to learn from my mistakes and my past. And so I didn't do that, but I can see where it becomes a problem because, and we'll get into it with our relationship, but so building trust is, is important. And you, and a lot of times here in year two, you're faced with either going your separate ways or resolving conflicts and staying together based on now that the, now that you're no longer intoxicated. Yeah. And then phase three, and to me, I feel like it's year three, is commitment and loyalty. If the relationship continues, a commitment to love or resentment is made in this phase. So if the power in the relationship is balanced, we're able to commit to love and experience gratitude and understanding when disagreements and misunderstandings arise. But if the power in the relationship is unbalanced, we will see a commitment to resentment. So in year three is usually when the resentment comes to play. And one or both are living in the intoxication phase. They're still waiting. Like, when is that person going to show up again? Yeah. And what you don't realize is that person never existed because you were under the influence. You were under the influence of your chemicals. What you thought existed in that phase didn't really exist what existed was what happened in phase two. And if you didn't phase two, it's time to get out of the relationship because that's the real deal. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they'll live in phase three for way too long because they are still holding out hope. You know what they are? They're an addict chasing that feeling that they had in phase one, the intoxication yeah. phase. Yep. True. And the problem is you're not going to get that back. That is nope. Unless you, uh, and this is where people get become serial relationship hoppers though, because eventually they finally will, the resentment phase cuts out, right? And so they're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm out. They're going to go chase that intoxication again. And exactly. if you don't realize that there are these steps in your relationship, you're going to keep making the same mistakes. Yep. And if you think that you can find a relationship where the love goggles stay on permanently, you are going to be forever chasing your tail. Forever. Because the love goggles are not permanent. There's a reason why people, some people stay single and some people are able to find a mate. Always. Yeah. So when I think about these things, I think about our relationship. But so if you, it takes two to four years to completely get to know someone. I think our relationship fell perfectly into these phases. I definitely feel that year one for us was intoxicating. Of course. We, we were we, intoxicated. We were. <laughs> we were. We were thanks, actually. Thanks to her. That was her fault, <laughs> not mine. We were actually yes. intoxicated and we did make some risky moves in the first year because we, we moved did. in together. You asked me to move in with you. But we didn't do any anything beyond that. No. But we did move in together soon. So that was a risky yes. move for us. And I think for sure for us, year two was it exactly falls into this. Year two, we were building trust. We were we had a lot of hiccups in year two. It was make it or break it year Yeah, for, for us, for sure. And so what a lot of people don't know is we did almost break up. We yes. were very close to, to breaking up. I never shared it with anybody because I was the type of person to keep, I didn't believe, I don't believe in when you run, when you go through difficult times in a relationship, I'm very cautious about sharing it. Cause a lot of times, and I'm grateful that I didn't. And let me tell you why, because there are some things that if I would have shared in that time, I would have been encouraged to leave you probably during that time. 
but we got through we got through that period and in year 3 is when we ended up getting engaged yes and be, but everything started to work its way out in year 3 i needed to mature i yeah. still had that like young boy so let me explain my side of yeah. the story real quick so people get a little context to this i had went away when i was about 20 years old did just under 3 years in federal prison got out had a neck i had a girlfriend at the time waiting for me Got out and, and that blew up. It just was never happy. Never, it was crazy. It was the way I've explained it to you. Like, I can't understand. I thought you'd be, be happy. I'm home. It just, the relationship was never happy. Right. I broke away from her, lasted about two years, became single, was single, living in San Jose. So I went buck wild for four years. I'm not going to lie. No, no woman could hold me down. I didn't want no woman to hold me down. I didn't want to be in a relationship. I didn't want to be married. Nothing. I was just like anti all that. Like, I enjoy my freedom and no one tells me nothing and that's how I'm going to live. Then I got with you, and it was an adjustment. It was tough, and I got with a woman with kids. It was a little hard. It was hard to, damn, do I really, I like this girl, but damn, can I really live the rest of my life for it? Can I do this? This is hard, because I told myself I wouldn't do that again. My ex had two mm -hmm. kids, and I'm a guy with no kids, so it's a little adjustment for me. Mm -hmm. So it took a little while, and I just was still like, uh, I was still immature. I was still young. I was in my early 30s. I wasn't sure if I was even ready to settle down or what I wanted, mm -hmm. but the longer I stayed with you, we toughed it out grew closer and, and got better. Right. I do remember distinctly, I did, I, w I am proud of myself because I did communicate, and I'm not the best communicator, honestly, but when I started to feel I was not happy with certain things, I communicated it. And we had some tough conversations. Yeah. Where I we were both deciding, I think, on our own, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to stick it out. Yeah. And, but True. it was critical time it was critical to have those communications i feel like you were just like you still entertained you still needed a lot of validation and entertained a lot of attention from women probably and i felt disrespected and i didn't like that but i was but i brought it to your attention yeah and um i let some things slide that in hindsight i'm shocked that i did and not that there was no infidelity, so nothing like that, but regardless. I was pushing the envelope. Yeah. And I was, I'm grateful that I did though, but what, you know what the interesting part is, and I want to point this out, it only got better when I let go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think at first I felt like I did, I felt I wanted you to act a certain way and stop doing this and stop doing that. And the more upset I got about what I wanted you to do. The worse you got, the worse you were. And it wasn't until I thought, you know what? I'm going to let go. And if he goes, I'm going to focus on me. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll, I'll get over it. Yeah. And you guys, it was at that time that our entire relationship shifted. Do you remember? It, it, it coincides with when I actually got uh, started prepping for my competition. I cleaned up my act. I, I started to focus on me. I dyed my hair black. It all coincides. I dyed my hair black. I started to train. I started to focus on me. I stopped doing the drugs and the alcohol. And I just put my re... I took the clamps out of you. Yeah. And it, everything got better. I know. Isn't that crazy? And then you ignited me to get better. Stop partying, slow down on the drinking, yeah. and even get my body right. Get myself right. You know what? She's doing it. You want my wife to tell me, what my girl's doing it? Like, fuck that. I need to do it too then. Yeah. And then you proposed after a week after my first fitness competition. Yes. 
Yeah, I felt I'm, like it was time. I felt it deep down. I, 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 listen, I'm not a pressure dude. I don't. People don't pressure me and tell me what to do. Or I got to do this by a certain date or time. I just felt those right. I felt like I was going to be... It was going to mature me as a man. I needed to, to man up, basically. It was also a reflection of, first of all, it was in year three. So it was either like, yeah. either we're going to shit or get off the pot. But we didn't have those conversations. We never had any conversations around ultimatums or anything like that. Never. But it just, it felt right because the relationship had evolved. We got past that year two building trust yeah. thing and everything just fell into place. At the core, we were very compatible. Yes. And it was like, that was hard to let go. Yes. Even though we had issues, right? You were trying to learn how to not be single. And we had those kind of issues. Because we were compatible, it made it hard to let go. Because it's, but we get along so well. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It It wasn't wasn't that. that. It was just, sometimes guys want to float their ego and be a cool guy and look like a cool guy. And I was still, like I said, men sometimes take a little while to mature. From boy to manhood, it takes a little while. And I needed that. You know, I was like chasing something because i guess part of me is like i felt like i lost something while i was in prison but now i look back i didn't lose shit i actually it gave mm-hmm. me up going there this preserved me to be honest mm-hmm. with you it did me good yeah but it, when at that time i was thinking like fuck i lost all these years i'm gonna gain it back i was my again float my own ego but actually no it was actually did me some good meaning yeah so i actually feel though that our relationship is better because of it, because we went through that. We weren't, we didn't just float through the meadows of a, a perfect relationship and then we got married. And no. then you're gonna go through it at some point. You have to go through that. Some storms. Take the love goggles off, yes. build trust. And then phase three is called commitment and loyalty. And the relationships that go through that and truly go through those phases and then get married after. Yeah. You improve the statistics of remaining married significantly. And like, obviously this says right here, couples who wait um, at least two to four years before marriage are less likely to divorce. So we got married in three and a half years. Three and a half years? Yes. Three and a half years we were together. So we were, I always think that our relationship perfectly fell within this, these phases. And I think that's why we have a pretty healthy relationship. Listen, it is not perfect. And we share this kind of stuff because relationships are not perfect. No, we bicker. Even now we're married, Even we bicker, but we, we get over it. bickered right now we, on this we'll show. We'll get over it, man. It is what it is. But that's another thing. Why do we get over it so quickly? Why? It's because we're compatible. Even in our conflict resolution, we are compatible. Yeah. And I, you know, I know I, I got... My temper sometimes gets the best of me, my emotions, but I can get over it quick. But usually with other people, I didn't want to get over it. I was like, fuck them. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to go out and do. Yeah, because you did that with me initially, too. I think that's something that you've changed. You would have that mentality like, oh, you don't want me to do this? Watch this. You had this very retaliatory, I don't know if that's a word. Yes. Because it stems from from my, you got to understand, it stems from my freedom being taken away. I was confined. So after they left the shackles, I was like, uh-uh, I'm a loose line. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. Especially when I broke up with my ex, I felt like a real, that's when I truly felt free. Yeah. Like I'm free. I remember I told you a story. I'm laying there in my bed in my apartment, my first apartment. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they let a lion out of the cage. Watch yeah. this. And I'm going to elevate myself because I was struggling financially. I wasn't making money. I was yeah. a brand new trainer, but I said, watch this. Yeah. And I, I leveled the F up. I think that it all boils down to also is building trust because we, we had to build trust because I think... There was this push and pull for us during that phase two because you thought by me telling you I felt disrespected by certain things, I didn't want you to do certain things, that I was trying to control you. Yeah. And I tried to communicate to you like, no, 
because you do certain things, you're making me be someone that I don't want to be. I'm not a controlling person. I said, yeah. if you meet me halfway, you'll see I am actually very easygoing and I'm not controlling and I don't want to be. It takes too much energy. And I think that, again, it was building trust. Like you had to like trust yes, that was true. That did. And then you got to see for yourself, like the more that you you acted right, the less I wasn't actually controlling. You were actually bringing it out in me and I didn't like it and I didn't want to be that way. And I wasn't going to, I can tell you this a hundred percent. I know you were at a crossroads too. I 100% wasn't going to stay in the relationship with that dynamic. It was either going to get better quickly or we were going to part ways. Yeah. And I know you felt that way too. You weren't going to be in a relationship where you felt like you were being controlled. Nope. So it took you to let go a little bit and it took me to let go a little bit to, to build the trust. Like, oh, wait. Yeah. Like you, you probably thought, oh, okay, she's right. She's not controlling. And I thought, oh, okay, he is trustworthy. Yeah. He isn't going to do anything shady. And we just, and here we are, we've been married now almost a decade. So I do feel like we have a little bit of We've gone through some things, so we can have a little bit of license to talk about this kind of stuff. It's so. crazy, almost a decade. Fucking went quick. Excuse I know. my French, you guys, but that I never listen. You're talking to a guy that was never thought he was going to get married. I, it wasn't in my books. It wasn't in my thought process. I, I was tainted. I had a lot of friends that yeah. got married when divorced told me, "Don't I ever get married, Mike. That's crazy. Don't sign that document. No yeah. way. You're stuck." Oh, fuck. I didn't. Now. That being all said, I want to make sure that we do not now encourage people to stay in relationships that are bad because they think, oh, they made it. They got through. It's different. Because remember, though, the reason we got through is because at the core of who we were as people, even besides the relationship, was we were very compatible. Go ahead. Oh, True. Very true. Compatibility is everything. And it's, it is crazy sometimes to stop to think about it where our birthdays are four days apart. I don't know if that has a lot to do with it while we're compatible. The exact same sign. We're damn near born on the same day. That's a trip. I've never dated a woman in my entire life where her birthday was four days from my birthday. Or the same sign that I could even remember. Do you think that because of that, because we're the same sign, we're more compatible? Probably, right? Your son doesn't seem to think so, but you I know you're into science. I, I believe it. I don't know. I believe I, we're certain ways because we have we have a lot of Aquarius friends. I know a lot of people born in January and very, very, a lot of similar characteristics. And I get along with all of them. They get along with me. So I don't know. But compatibility is, what, it, of course, what it boils down to for sure, 100%. We never lost attraction, even though I let myself get busted throughout this relationship. Man, let the record show. I look bad. But I guess what kept you with me was compatibility. You still love me again. Deep down. Yes, because it, com compatibility, like we were compatible at the core. And yeah, don't use this as an opportunity. This episode as an opportunity to stay in relationships that are bad for you. But hopefully yeah. it will shed some light on our journey a little bit and give you guys, I don't know, some tools if you are single. Yes. And you are looking for somebody. Yes. And you know what? I just always say is it life is too damn short to be unhappy even one day. Exactly. And let me tell you something, ladies, if the Titanic is sinking and it's sinking, don't go down with the Titanic, man. Cut your cord and save yourself and get out. Don't let yourself stay in too long. Don't do that to yourself. It's not worth it. Like she said, life is too short. You're only here once on this earth. You deserve to be happy. Everybody, men are listening to this. You deserve to be happy too, fellas. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you on the next one.